You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 88. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here. Spring break, it's coming up. Or it's already here. It could be a lot of things because I talk to people all around the world. Maybe it's a winter break for you. Maybe you have no break. Perhaps you're still sitting in front of a computer taking all of your classes online. Perhaps you're finally in the classroom around other students enjoying the actual college experience the way that it has been traditionally done for millennia. Can it be said millennia? I mean, I feel like a thousand years ago there was a university somewhere. Certainly we were in the enlightened age by... 1100, 1000 BC. So let's just go with that. You know what? I'm in front of a computer real fast. When was the first university established? Let's see what it says. It said 1990. <laughs> first city university college in Malaysia. So now we know when the first university was established in Malaysia. Um, and maybe if I had to put in the world, the world was established. 1088, the University of Bologna, not to be confused with Bologna. So, yeah, so universities have been around for, well, yeah, I guess we got to get to 2088. So we're coming up. We're coming up on a thousand years of universities. And traditionally, they were done with other people in a classroom. I highly doubt they had Zoom at the University of Bologna. I really do. I don't, I don't, I don't, I just feel like they didn't have Zoom. I'm not positive about this, but I feel, I feel like I would put some money down that I'm correct. <laughs> uh, people also ask, the oldest existing continually run university is in Morocco. Um and that was in 859 AD. So when I said BC earlier, I would have been way off. <laughs> Apparently the Sumerians did have some sort of school back in 3500 BC. So uh, the University of, I can't pronounce this, in Morocco was established in 859 AD. So there you go. Now you know a little bit more about stuff you didn't really care to know about. <laughs> so... Anyways, for this particular episode, we're going to go ahead and say that for the last thousand years, everybody's been going to university in a classroom with other people. So you are there and you're experiencing whatever you're experiencing. It's been a pretty wackadoodle year for everyone. Coming up on March 17th, I was furloughed from my primary job and left to my own vices for the last year in my home office to figure out what I was going to do with my career. And I really feel pretty happy with what I have accomplished over the last year. Not one to often celebrate my successes as much as I am certainly one to demonstrate a less than positive energy toward myself whenever I don't succeed the way I had expected or wanted to. And these are things that I consistently work on that I would highly encourage you to think about as well. Do you really 
take the time to celebrate the A's and the successful presentations and the countless days that you show up to work on time and ready to go versus the one time you're late or the B, the C, the D, heaven forbid, the F, whatever that might look like to you. Do you celebrate the victories as much as you might um, you know, whack yourself on the back of the hand for a lack of a better example, whenever you don't do as well. See, it's it's pretty easy for us to chastise ourselves when we don't live up to our own expectations or the expectations other, others place upon us. Because so oftentimes, especially in a work environment per se, you will only be called out when you don't do things the way that the boss has asked you to or follow the directions the way you were instructed to. And so rarely... Uh, is praise offered up in a manner at which it's genuine and it's heartfelt. It might be like, hey, great job, and then they move right along. But it's like you worked a lot to get it done the way that they wanted. And yes, that was part of the agreement you made when you took on the job or the presentation or signed up for the class. But it's not to be overlooked when someone put in a tremendous amount of work. And you can't expect that praise to come external because you can't control other people's actions. So you can only guarantee internal praise from yourself because it comes from you and it's your choice to demonstrate that and do that for yourself. And so take some time out over the course of the next few weeks and really absorb the fact that it was about a year ago this week that the whole world as we knew it just came to a grinding halt. It started off Italy was the very first country to really start practicing shutdowns. And I'll never forget seeing some, like the board of tourism director from Italy or someone, someone to do with the tourism was on the television and one of those news channels with all the talking heads that argue all the time. And the person from Italy made a point of saying, you know, we're being punished because we told the world that we have a coronavirus pandemic, and now everyone's canceling their trips here, and it's going to really mess with us economically. And I think this would have been about a year ago, like, but about a week or two ago, a year ago. So it would have been towards the end of February, going into March, when Italy started to shut itself down. I remember them saying that, being like, yeah, I mean, that really is a bummer for Italy to be suffering so much with their tourism because of this pandemic hit not quite realizing that we were just a few weeks away from just a massive shutdown. And so many people thought, oh, okay, well, that's just Italy. That's not anyone else. And we were all just going about life as usual. And then within a week, the world just stopped. And it just blows my mind to think, like, for a whole couple months, definitely April, May, that it was like everyone was just staying inside. Remember all those TikTok videos and Instagram videos where everyone was staying inside? And just how wild it seemed that people's senior years in high school and college and all these remarkable events that people were just so used to having, the Memorial Days. Here in this country, I'm sure whatever country you're living in, there was similarly things that were marking the end of winter and the beginning of spring. I mean, Mardi Gras, um, I think, just had finished up last year when the shutdown started happening, because that usually happens in February, I believe, um, the Super Bowl. No one was even talking about the coronavirus when the Super Bowl went down, when the 49ers beat the, or the 49ers lost to the Chiefs. No one. I mean, it was like business as usual. And baseball didn't even get to start. 
under its normal schedule. That's how fast this whole thing went down. And so we're coming up on a year that we have fluctuated from pandemic to arguments over masks and just, you know, the coronavirus itself isn't political, but how people in varying countries handled it was very was very political. And how on earth you can turn life and death into a political action and, and start to take advantage of people's emotions during a time like that is it just it speaks volumes for the betrayal that our leaders, not just in this country but around the world, took part in whenever they turned this into a political opportunity rather than seeing it as what it was, which was you know a lot of people not being prepared, suffering greatly. I mean, we had the great toilet paper apocalypse of 2020 where you couldn't find something to wipe your butt. Um, and people were you know, having these grocery store runs for rice and beans. And so it's been a remarkable year, a very remarkable year. And we as humans have shown a tremendous amount of resiliency to get to where we're at now. And I think it's very important that we stop for a moment and just pat ourselves on the back for the things that we did well. There are certainly areas that we know, we know, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, regardless of where in, the, in this world you are, what political party you favor, it, at the very least, we can all agree that neither party, neither group did it as well as they could have. And this isn't just in the United States. There's very few countries that handled it well. I mean, you know, you think of somebody like New Zealand, which pretty damn easy when you're an island nation and you can just shut down airports and ships. You can pretty much keep anyone coming from the outside. But even Australia had their own issues, right? And they're an island as well, an island continent country. So it, uh, it spread and it did what it did. And we have the, the lookings of coming out of this on the other side, but still the trappings of perhaps letting our guard down too soon. So just be mindful for yourself how you decide you want to cover this and you know how you decide you want to begin to embrace our new normal, right? And I, I already don't like that term, but it is what it is. We're moving into a post-pandemic area that I don't think the coronavirus will ever necessarily go away, but those of us in environments where we're often around a lot of people, i.e. college and high schools and the student environment, you know, we want to make sure that we do what we can do to keep this under control so we can step back into a life that we knowingly want to be a part of. We want to go to school. We want to be on campus. I am amazed how many students will reach out to me and go, I used to dread going to high school or middle school, and now I wish I could just go back and sit in a classroom with my friends and even the people I don't like. We're not taking things for granted as much as we used to. And I really think that that is something that could become a great benefit, that we begin to take human interaction as the gift that it is. And so step into this new version of who you can become and what can be based on the idea that it can so easily be taken away. You know, you go into middle school really developing emotions. And if you didn't have emotionally intelligent parents, you could have found it quite difficult to navigate the middle school environment because you're just hitting hormonals and now all of a sudden the opposite sex starts to look a little attractive 
or the same sex starts to look attractive, however that might be for you. And all of a sudden these hormones come into play and really, you know, what was going on in elementary school where everyone was sort of friends, you know, now all of a sudden middle school shows up and there's a pecking order. It starts to formulate and you're not really even sure how that happens. But if you don't play a popular sport or wear the right clothes, all of a sudden you find yourself at the the lowest rung and now you're seeking for ways to fit in, right? Because you don't want to be that lone zebra in a in, in the Serengeti of middle school and high school because heaven forbid that's when the hyenas can get to you, right? So you want to find some tribe, some group that you can fit into. And if you're not wise about it and you think of yourself less than and you have lower self-esteem, you might thus lower yourself down to a different pecking group just so that you have a friend a friend tribe to seek and be a part of whenever you get to school every day. And this isn't trying to put some judgment on what groups are better than others, but there are those that are seeking to learn and grow and establish good grades so they can go off and accomplish things in high school and college. And then there's those that uh, maybe they don't think that they have that kind of future ahead of them. And if you're listening to this podcast and you've been listening long enough, you realize that I talk a lot about emotional intelligence and how it is that we choose our friends and how it is that we choose what we believe about ourselves that we say to ourselves. Because you're in control of your mind, therefore you're in control of your results. It's up to you to decide whether you're going to let what others decide they want from you be what leads you or whether you're going to decide if what you want is what's leading you. And as you move through high school, the Serengeti gets even more dangerous, right? People bully and pick on more, and there's a social media aspect, and you're still trying to get good grades, and you just want to navigate this this jungle, if you will, to make it out, quote-unquote, alive, where you still have your self-esteem, and you still are following your own path so that you can get to college, where it is much more wide open, right? The, the, the jocks for the most part, are no longer the coolest kids on campus. They might be the most famous, especially if you go to a school like I did, UF, where our football and basketball and baseball teams often won championships. Certainly those people are more famous, but I never saw Tim Tebow on campus once, yet I was there the entire time he was there. So it's not like high school where you're definitely going to run into these people all the time. It's a whole other world. So you get to control and contain the world you live in. You get to decide whether you're going to go Greek or stay as a GDI. You're going to decide whether you spend all your time in, in the science lab or the law library and study and get good grades or whether you're going to spend most of your time down down at Headliners drinking penny beers on a Wednesday night, having one of your friends with a fake ID you know, uh, lick his stamp and then rub it on everybody else's hands so that everybody else can get into headliners for penny draft on a Wednesday night. So you definitely aren't going to school class on Thursday. Like you're the one who gets to decide all this. And now that classes are starting to get back into session, whether you get to experience this in the spring, like some are, or whether you have to wait till the summer or even the fall. And I've heard from some people that there may not even be in-person classes in the fall. So now you're looking at this not even happening until 2022 for some some of y'all. So what are you going to take for granted? And what are you going to take control over? And where are you going to step into the power you have about how you can control your mentality about what has happened? Yes, it is a absolute damn shame that so many 
young kids, young adults have missed out on their senior prom. It'll be two classes now that have missed out on, uh, out on an event like this. Now, if you're in some of the states who have been open for quite some time, you might very well be, you know, dancing the night away for prom. And if you're in some of these more um, stringent states, you might find yourself not being able to go back into a classroom for the rest of this year. You know, it is what it is on that front. You can't control other people's decisions, but you can control how you respond to the decisions that are being made without any input from you. Reacting to what others decide your year is going to look like means that you're in that victim mentality. We've talked about that in another recent episode. I think that was somewhere in episode 84. Yeah, victim or creator. So it's your choice whether, you, whether you're the victim of what other people decide or whether you start to create your own thing. But either way, as we start to move through this spring break and we start to finish up another semester with pretty much being in lockdown, at the very least, things aren't looking like they used to. I can't help but stress enough that you understand how this is actually dealing with you emotionally as far as your development goes as with your friends and your social circle and interacting with teachers and classmates and the people that you perhaps don't like. This is not at all what the episode was intended for, and I'm going to have to go and just push next week's, this week's agenda to next week's. But for some reason, I felt like this is the topic that needed to be discussed. Your emotional intelligence and how you're wrapping your head around what has occurred over the last year will greatly determine the adversity quotient you you move forward in your life with. Can you handle adversity? Do you see adversity as an opportunity to grow? Do you see it as something that will actually cause you to very much grow internally just as much as you would be able to show off externally? Right, We're looking for these things. I could have sworn I did a quotient episode. Um, and they talked about adversity quotient, but I'm going back over my show notes over the last couple of months and I don't see it anywhere. So this, this idea of an adversity quotient is how well do you handle adversity? When things don't go your way, are you able to exercise flexibility? Principle number seven in the book called College Success Habits, available on Amazon if you still want to get a hold of that. Shameless plug. Um, I like to call out the principles I speak of when they come up because they come up a lot. And I don't want I don't want it to be missed out by anyone that there's a methodology to what I talk about on this show. That there's this hero's journey that you're all on, and I, I seek to guide you through it. So when you think about your adversity quotient, your ability to exercise flexibility, to step in to a version of yourself that doesn't get too locked into how things should have been or should be, but instead locks into how things can be. And I'm sort of starting to get into what next week's episode will be about. Um, solid talk and how to, to to release the word should, would, and could and, and start to step into an idea of I am, I can, be, do, have. Who do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? What can you do versus what you shoulda, woulda, or coulda? My dad drilled that into me a lot as a child. Shoulda, woulda, coulda have no place here. What did you do? What did you not do? Are you happy with the results you got? If not, what is more desirable outcome? How can you begin to work your way towards that desirable outcome? What has occurred with the coronavirus over the last year has been heartbreaking for so many who've lost loved ones. It's been economically devastating for tens of thousands of businesses. I came across a laser tag facility yesterday 
waiting outside of a, the vet for the dog. And I remember, and I was, you know, a football field away from it when I first saw it. And I was like, oh my goodness, I totally want to go. Let's go play laser tag whenever everything opens. So once the dog went inside the vet, I walked over there to check out how much it might cost and their hours and stuff. And it was done. I mean, they was there was construction going on on the inside. That's how done this business was. It would have been a blast to go play laser tag. And had they been able to make it, they probably would have done tens of thousands of dollars in business in the first 30, 60, 90 days with everyone just chomping at the bit to go out. Man, I'll tell you what, if you have a roller skating rink or a bowling alley or an axe throwing business, you're going to crank out the revenue if you manage to make it past the last year. So much about what we were used to was taken for granted. And now that so much has fallen apart, if you're in a business or your school or your world, because you weren't necessarily anticipating what happened, right? So for many people, they're picking up pieces, but did it really fall apart that tragically? Or is it your mindset around what you've experienced? What if you changed the way you talked about it inside your own head? What if you said, yes, you know, I didn't get to go to my senior prom or no, I didn't get to go do this, but I did learn this. I did get to experience this. You just get to spend months at home last year, you know, mind you, maybe finishing up a semester, but once the summer hit, it was still a lot shut down, especially here in California. It was all of a sudden like, okay, well, what can we do outside in the park? What can we, you know, since businesses aren't open to go play inside of, what can we do outside? Like you experience a lot of ways how to, on how to entertain yourself or you develop new hobbies. I took up the ukulele. Speaking of ukulele, I need to play that soon. I put it down while I was producing my program and I haven't picked it up again yet. That was two months ago. So I'll leave you on this because this, this definitely went off in a whole nother direction, but I really feel compelled to discuss emotional intelligence as often as my brain can decide to bring it up. What you look back at this year having been for you, and for many of you, it may not change all that much until we get into the summer or perhaps the fall. And for those of you who are in a state where, or a country where it's not looking like it's going to turn on a dime and the vaccine isn't readily available, you might be dealing with this well into 2022. So you still have the opportunity to shift your thinking about what it is you're experiencing and start to seek out the positives. Finding the negatives is easy. If you can't seem to find them, have no fear. Go over to the, your television, turn it on, and find your nearest news channel. They will certainly give you enough fear-mongering to fill your cup for days and days at a time. And once you've drank down all their fear and all their scarcity mindset BS, and you walk away from the TV more afraid of life than you were when you, before you turned it on, you can then realize that there are plenty of people out there ready to pump you full of uncertainty and fear. It's up to you to seek out the certainty. It's up to you to seek out the confidence inside yourself and to be able to promote that not only within you, but for others that you see might be struggling. There was a huge movement about how we're all in this together this time last year. I don't know at what point everyone decided that it's a free for all and screw everybody else and let's argue over masks or let's argue over vaccines or let's argue over shutdowns. That benefits no one to sit here and yell at one another and bicker over who's right and who's wrong, especially whenever there's very well someone with an earshot of that argument over right and wrong and mask or no mask who lost a loved one during this entire calamity. When we look back, 
in the history books and how our response was to this coronavirus pandemic. I really do believe it'll look more like just constant reaction with no real thought out plan and no ability to stop and just listen to one another and understand that we all have a different point of view that how people in Idaho are going to respond or react to a pandemic is different than how people in New York City or Los Angeles are going to respond and realizing that it's okay if other people have a different method. In the end, the people who chose whatever way they chose to protect their citizens in their particular city or county or town or whatever you will, eventually those people have to answer to the comeuppance of those that chose that them to be led by them, right? If you're the governor or the mayor of a city in Idaho, you will be, you will, your feet will be put to the fire just as much as it's happening by the governors and the mayors of Los Angeles, California, and New York in New York. It's happening. Whatever decisions they made do not have to be the way you walk away from all of this feeling. Yes. You were very much not in control of what was happening externally, but you are very much in control of what's happening internally. This will not be the last major disaster any of us face. I don't even think it'll be the last pandemic. This wasn't just a once in a generation. I think we very well could be looking at this kind of thing happening quite more frequently just because of how many humans travel around, the migration patterns of animals changing based on the planet warming up, And I'm not even going to begin on whether it's human warming up or just natural earth warming up and who's to blame. That is not the point. The point is is that the planet is warming and that's going to cause major migratory disturbances of animals who have been known to carry pathogens. Ticks, mosquitoes, bats, just the three off the top of my head. What happens moving forward is going to test everybody's adversity quotient. Step into your life knowing now that being able to face adversity, internalize it in a more positive way, seek out the positive outcomes that you can, reframe the perceived negatives, and be in control of your emotional intelligence. And when you see yourself starting to spiral, go from reactive to responsive. Calm yourself down and just ask yourself, what is the best behavior for me right now? to bring out the best desirable outcome for me moving forward? And is my desirable outcome going to be better just for me, or is it actually going to be ecologically valuable for the population as a whole? Burying our flag in a mountain full of I want to be an individual doesn't serve the citizenry of any town or city or state or country on this planet. Every man for himself has shown itself to be a very bad ideology. If we're really all in this together, perhaps we should keep acting like it. It really blows my mind how much people will come together the day or week or month after a major catastrophe. I mean, we're talking about one where like FEMA has to come in. But as the days and weeks and months begin to go further and further out from that original catastrophe, it's just... Very funny to me, but in a sad, ironic, almost pathetic way, how quickly humans can go from we're all in this together to every man for himself or herself or they self, whatever pronoun you want to use. I think by now we realize every man for themselves, every human for themselves 
is absolutely the best way to make sure that civilization falls apart. We signed a social contract to be there for one another when we began to move our civilization from just a bunch of wandering nomadic tribes to those people who decide to cohabitate in the same general region and vicinity of one another. Be a part of the solution. And you can start by making sure that you internalize what's happening around you and a more positive light to yourself. For those of you out there who are kicking this podcast you know, somewhere around the age of 10 all the way up to about 25, you're really just growing in your maturity. For those 25-year-olds, your brains are really starting to finish their process of growing and maturing, and they're starting to solidify. For those of you that might be 10 and a little bit over the tween teenage years, you're just beginning to form your opinions, values, and beliefs based on your own thought process. You have a choice right now to look around at the adults who call themselves leaders in front of you and decide if you really want someone like that leading you. Do you really think that they have the best interest for you at heart? Or is it all just about how they can line their pockets, gain more power and more stature? When, they, when Michael Jackson once sung a song, I believe that children are the future. I believe all humans are the future. I believe a 65-year-old can still change the world if they decide they want to. But children are the future because you have the longest amount of time left on the planet. So look around and ask yourself, are you happy with the way the quote-unquote leaders who have been chosen to lead you have actually led? And then you can decide, are you going to start to make a change for yourself and for others that begins to benefit the whole of humanity? Are you going to plant your flag into the mountain that says we all should be treated the same? And we should all have the same benefits. Somebody once told me that every human has the same uh, same opportunity on this planet. And I say that we're all born with the same... Oh, what is that saying? At what age do you go from, from being a person with a lot of um, potential? I believe that it's potential versus opportunity. I believe that all humans are born with a tr- with the same potential, but we're not given the same opportunity. And I think that we have seen how certain countries have handled this crisis and how others have not handled this crisis very well. Be the person who steps up and says, let's make sure we all have a damn good opportunity. Every man for themselves, every human for themselves is not smart. For civilization. If we're all in this together, we should start acting like it. You can be one of those people who steps up. Regardless of what the next year of your life looks like when it comes to school and your ability to go out and enjoy things, you absolutely positively have the power to decide inside your own mind how this is really going to affect you long term, how you can grow from this, and how you can begin to achieve an adversity quotient that prepares you for all challenges that lay ahead. Because while a pandemic won't always be there to throw your life off balance, a wrecked car, a a sick child, a job that closes down and lays you off without any warning, there are a lot of different ways that you could have your foundation of your life shaken. Are you prepared for that quake? Have you gained the knowledge from the last year to figure out ways that you can pivot and still keep going on? 
Other people have succeeded very greatly over the last year. Others, not so much. So look at those that have done really well and figure out how you can model their behavior. You didn't just go to high school and college to get to the next evolution, right? You went to high school and all you thought of was college. Then you got to college and all you're thinking about is a job. Stop. Breathe. Be present in the moment. And ask yourself, am I learning everything I could possibly learn from this situation right now? And really breathe it in. Take that question and really answer it with love towards yourself. And make sure that you walk away from every moment, at least, at the very least, having figured out what it was you were supposed to learn from it. Until we meet again next week, as always, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Take care of yourself. Inclusivity over exclusivity. Bye-bye. 